Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki, and you're listening to Capital Hacking. This is the most important thing you can listen to today. On today's episode of Capital Hacking. Since the kids were young, when my wife and I would be buying properties, they'd be under construction. We'd either flip them or we'd burn them or whatever we were doing. We literally have been taking all three of our kids through the process all the way in the beginning, even the demo process. We'd have them wear their little hard hats. They'd walk through and not really be sure of what was going on. But yeah, we take them on properties even now that we're going to look at. We'll take them to settlements just because I want to instill in them that I'm not saying they're they're not going to go to college, but you don't have to be traditional. Capital Hacking. Guys, it has been too long since the energy and the heat was on Capital Hacking. So I scoured the world to find somebody who had more energy and heat than I do. And we found him. And today we're here with him. As you already know, it's the one and only John Edwin. Welcome to the big show. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. We are going to rock this out. We're going to drop some bombs, some wisdom bombs on everybody. We're going to have fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to joke. I hope everyone that is listening right now has their seatbelt on because they're going to be blown away. Let's kill it. That's a fair threat that you need a seatbelt when you're around John Edwin, which is something I believe to be true. This is a, you're a great person, but not everybody listening to the show knows you yet. So would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself, where you live, and if you have a family. Yeah, absolutely. Born and raised in Philadelphia, in the inner city, and grew up, it was a very urban environment. And I am so grateful for that because it taught me a lot of things in my life. And then when my parents separated, I was in 10th grade. My mom moved me to the suburbs. I was a little rowdy in my younger <laughs> years, so she she got me out of that neighborhood and it probably saved my life. I may have gone down a path that I shouldn't have. So I'm grateful for her for that. At the time, I was not. In 11th grade, I started dating a girl. named Her name is Christine. And we are married. October 21st will be Ooh. 22 years. So I, I married my high school sweetheart when we were 21 years old. And it's just been an awesome ride. So I don't know how long that is. That's awesome. 27, probably we've been together 27 years. Okay, yeah, because, of course, high school sweethearts turned into a love affair that has lasted for the ages. I love that you guys do a lot of things together. We've had dinner. We've done Christmas parties together. You guys are a great family. And you're raising great children. I know your buddy Luke. You yeah. have other children. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. so Luke is, is our oldest. He just turned 19 October 10th, and he just started college as well, freshman year. My daughter, Sylvie, is 16. She's in 11th grade. And my youngest, Caleb, just turned 14. He's in 8th grade. And all three of them are just the diamonds, man. I just love hanging out with them, spending time with them. And that, that really, as a father, is the key to good parenting, is spending time with your kids getting away from your cell phone and having meaningful conversations. 
Well, right here at the beginning, before we get into all the awesome business stuff you do and all the other good work you do, just recently, you and I have spent a lot of time together and you've taught me a few things. You say time is the currency of love for children and family and that being a husband comes before being a great father. Being a great husband leads you to be a great father. I just wanted to see you up and teach us your wisdom about family life and how it builds a bedrock for your life of business as well. Yeah, absolutely. I always tell young families that, and especially men, because women can all talk, they'll go to stuff, they'll work on themselves, they'll get better. Men have some kind of a hard headedness where we don't necessarily look outside to better ourselves. You need other strong men to step in and help out. And I always suggest to young families that husbands love your wives, you know, be a great example for your sons and your daughters, right? So treat your wife how you would want your son to treat their future wife and Mm. treat your wife how you would want your daughter to be treated by her future husband. And I always say, you know, you have to keep your spouse first before the kids, because they were there before the kids, they were made and created by your love (laughs) and then they're going to be gone. Right. And so 15, 20 years down the road, that's the majority of divorces happen between years 20 to 25, because Couples will grow apart. They'll focus on the kids and they're looking at each other when they're empty nesters and they don't even know who they are. Not many people of the 250 shows or so talk so beautifully about the the love of husband and wife and how that permeates the family. You do a very nice job of that. I know I've heard you on other shows. I know it's close to your heart. I'm in a mastermind go abundance with you. And these types of values come up a lot when you share So for everybody who thought this was just about business, it is, it is. This is actually the beginning of the foundation we all need. So thank you, John. And thank you for what you're doing. Again, I'm just going to give Luke a little praise. This guy, Luke, who's 19, overcomes things, right? He's overcome some medical things. He overcomes challenges. The resilience in that guy, that doesn't always happen, John, when you have a strong father like you. Sometimes, sometimes children respond really well and they take your wisdom. And the guy seems like he's always working on himself. Seems like he's a self-motivated guy. You got to give him some credit for that. But whatever you've done to create a fertile soil, Luke is a great model for most young guys. He's running the co-business, as I love. He has another business, I think a coaching business for years. The guy's great. And it's a good symbol of what you guys have been trying to do as a family. Yeah. I mean, since the kids were young, when my wife and I would be buying properties, they'd be under construction. We'd either flip them or we'd burr them or whatever we were doing. We literally have been taking all three of our kids through the process all the way in the beginning, even the demo process. We'd have them wear their little hard hats. They'd walk through and not really be sure of what was going on. But yeah, we take them on properties even now that we're going to look at. We'll take them to settlements just because I want to instill in them that I'm not saying they're they're not going to go to college, but you don't have to be traditional. You don't have to go to college anymore. I mean, it's that the pricing of college is through the roof and I, I'm kind of against it, to be honest. I think it's a scam, but you can develop certain skills and be way further ahead of everyone else who's going to higher education by the time you're 21 or 22, you know, Luke is, is going to college. He's actually going to community, which I think is a very smart idea while he still runs his own business. But his goal in the next 12 months is, is to buy his first investment property. How amazing is that? And it's amazing. It's have these goals. It's absolutely amazing. And if you're listening, depends where you're at in your age, that first house he's going to buy now, he's going to be 19, 20 years old. He's going to buy it. Time's going to pass. It'll pay for itself as he runs it, lives in it, whatever he chooses to do. And boom, when he's our age, 20 plus 30 years from now, 
imagine what that decision will have looked like on his personal balance sheet. I mean, just even if you're not a real estate investor and you're just driving around thinking about it, you probably own your own home. Imagine the position Luke's going to be in just 10, 15 years from now, even if he barely invests in real estate, if that's the only one he does, he'll be further ahead than many adults today. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny. I took him to a GoBundance event that you were at, Josh, on Tuesday, this big mastermind that we ran with 55 men in the room in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. It was amazing. He was the only one that is not an accredited investor. So can you imagine he's in a room with 55 men? Everyone is pretty much everyone's multimillionaires, right? He's surrounded by that. I mean, he couldn't stop talking about it. He held his own. That's, I'm sorry. we're t- Luke, this is your podcast, Luke. <laughs> you know, court. And it was awesome because all of those guys were coming up to me like, hey, I'm going to help your son. I'm going to help your son. Because nice. a lot of times as fathers, let's get back to that family aspect. You could tell your kids one thing, but when they hear it from somebody else, even if it's the same thing, it impacts them differently. Yeah. So thank you guys. Now you guys understand why John is on this episode and why you are currently falling in love with this guy in a good way. So let's talk about your business life, John. They don't even know how you got from there to here. You grow up, you probably have some scuffles. You're a good athlete, tough guy. You're growing up in the city. I know part of your story includes combat boxing, I believe, and mixed martial arts. Where did that start? And then tell us about your career business-wise for the last 25 years. Yeah, so let's start when I graduated from college, actually, I degree in exercise science and I planned on getting my doctorate and my senior year, I did a one year internship in that. And it just, I, I just didn't feel like that was for me. So I came out of college and went and actually became a certified personal trainer, although my ambitions were very, very high. And then I had a little bit of a conflict that I'm like, Hey, trainers don't make any money. Like I started out at, at 21, 22, making eight bucks an hour. And my wife and I were living on love. We had a little apartment and <laughs> she's like, you know, you're an entrepreneur, like you're going to make this happen. But within the first year, I was the top personal trainer on the East coast. By the time I was 25 is when I broke wow. six figures running my own personal training business. So I was 25 that year. I, I made a little over $140,000. That's as amazing. Trainer. So yeah, starting at eight bucks an hour at 22 to breaking six figures strongly at 25. If you don't mind, give us a lesson there. Cause I know there's more to the story, but as a quick value real quick, early on, that's not normal. What about you allowed you to see the opportunity that others don't see? Most people don't. It must have been the sales orientation to the quality training. Like, how did you do that? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So in college, I sold Cutco Cutlery. And so I got a firm grasp. I mean, if you have kids that are in college, definitely introduce them to Cutco because they teach you strong sales skills. And then when I was 19, I actually opened up my own office for the company as a branch manager. So Mm. I went out as a 19 year old, located an office, negotiated a lease, put it under lease, and then hired that summer, 40 salespeople and train them. So I had that, I had that already in me. What separated me, Josh, which is interesting because the gym I, at the time was working for Philadelphia sports clubs, they would only pay me for eight hours on the floor. I stayed there 12 hours. So I worked four hours for free. What I did was I would just be out and about just introducing myself to all the members and then offering them a free session on me. No problem. So that sweat equity that I put in for the first few months mm. had me introduced to everyone else and I was busting my ass. So I was willing to work way harder than anyone else, right? So I can outwork anybody. I also had the skill set 
to sell myself. Right. Yeah. So then once we go through that first workout and I give them a taste, they're, they're, they're hooked. And then I just had so many clients I couldn't even keep up within a year. And then I said, well, I'm not going to continue to give all this money back to the gym because they're now paying me 60% of what I come, what I get. So I negotiated a small boutique personal training facility that I fit out and then bam. Oh my God. And it, everything just started exploding. So you're telling me you went out and had a brick and mortar lease Mm-hmm. By four twenty-five. Yeah, I was uh, twenty-three-ish. Oh my gosh, that's way bigger than I. I mean, that's pretty ballsy. <laughs> that's great. Congratulations! And then you were able to fit it out. So you actually put the equipment in there, whatever you needed. What really happens, Josh, and you know this because you have ten kids. My goodness, I'm talking <laughs> to the master right here. Is when you start having kids, something clicks in your brain. Oh yeah, as a man and that hunter aspect. It's like, okay, I am a hunter and I have to go hunt. My wife, actually, she graduated with her master's degree from St. Joe's in elementary ed in September. We had our first Luke in October and she wanted to always stay home with the kids. And we're 24, by the way, we're 24. (laughs) And I said, Oh my God, she's going to leave her teaching job. We just put her through her master's degree and she's going to raise our kids, which is a huge, by the way, I, I admire how you do it. So I got dropped in deep water and I said, so yes, it was 24. I started my first LLC. I negotiated a lease, got into a facility, brought all my clients with me. And then I had a mind bender as well the next year that I told on on another podcast. And this is what got got me into real estate, right, guys? So this is amazing, this part. Make sure you pay attention. So my wife and her family were going to Disney World. I was supposed to go with our one-year-old, right? But I didn't go because it wasn't the money that it would cost me to go. It was the money that it would cost me to leave. Right. Working for that week. I'm like, babe, if we got to keep making ends meet, I'm rolling. I can't, I got to stay, I got to stay back and work. And I was a bit sad about that. And one of my clients, she, she owned a bunch of real estate, Carol, Carol Lissack, if you're listening, love you guys, you and Ray. Yeah. So she said, John, you need to learn to make money in your sleep. And I was like, what are you talking about? Cause I'm such a worker, right? I'm such, such a driven Me guy. Too. Me too. And she's like, you need to start buying properties and hold on to them. And tenants, tenants, they're now working for you. Now, now they're going out, they're making their money and they're paying rent they're paying down your debt. You're making money. And if you have enough of them, if you're sick, if you're not feeling good, whatever, you're making money in your sleep and you don't have to go to work. I said, Oh my goodness. So, so then at 25 years old, I went out and I bought my first property and then, you know, and I still own it by the way, I was just there yesterday, but since then my wife and I, we bought, uh, you know, quite, quite a good portfolio of property. Let's take a deep breath and thank you for sharing it that way, because this is the first time I've heard you share it that way on a podcast. So that's why this will be the first podcast you've ever been on that has a million downloads, which is congratulations. You're probably, you know, it's like Joe Rogan level now. You're going to be like Joe Rogan. So (laughs) we're going to start smoking pot and drinking beers on our uh, podcast. You know what? Drinking beers every day of the week, not into the pot. But let's talk about the Disney World tipping point. I'm just going to hone in on that. I don't know if you guys heard that when you were swerving around, drinking in the wisdom of John, but he's saying, yeah, epiphany. Oh, yeah, honey, you and I want to go to Disney World. And it costs a lot, but that's not my problem. It's the problem is I'm going to lose all the opportunity of revenue for that week, which will put us behind on our monthlies, which puts us in jeopardy for me to honor my promise to you and take care of you. So it was not the Disney cost. It was the opposite of the Disney cost. It was lost revenue because you're an owner, which is a gift, by the way. If you're work, anyone listening, if you work in someone else's company, 
if you want to try one exercise is you really want to put on the owner's hat for a minute, because John, you had the gift of being the owner and you felt the burden of lost revenue and how that has a ripple effect. Most people at 25 work for the man and taking off to go to Disney world means using that imaginary thing called paid time off and vacation days, which when you own the whole show, those things don't exist yet. They don't exist until later in life when you have a lot of teammates. But anyway, lots of wisdom there that if you're not currently owner of a business, you may pick, you may not realize how profound that must have been for John. So anyway, John, did I say that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. Look, if you want to get motivated and actually change your life and do something great, you have to have a why, right? And a strong one. And that was my strong why. I was like, I never want to miss another family vacation again. So I need to figure this out. I need to pivot and work in other streams of income, right? Multiple streams of income to make ends meet so I can go to Disney World or do whatever I want. Love it. The Disney World tipping point. So there's another phrase you threw out there that I don't want to leave any listeners behind because we don't say it enough on this show and other shows do. And I'm, I'm jealous, but you threw it out there. You said the epiphany also you had because of the friends and family that were in real estate was, did they use the phrase that when you own a rental property, the other family is going to work for you? And that phraseology, I heard it someone else say the other day, you mean that yeah, their Steve job Gordon. is paying your mortgage off and giving you income. Yeah. Yeah. So when you have the a rental deal. property, like when I rented, I did the same thing. You go out, you work, you have to pay your mortgage, you have to pay your utilities, but you're paying somebody else's mortgage, right? The rent, the rent is paying someone else's mortgage. You're paying their utilities for their house. You're paying down their mortgage, right? Isn't So people always talk about properties appreciating, but- when you have tenants, they're actually paying down your debt. They're paying down your debt. It's an amazing thing. It, it is. So already what we're doing here, folks, and I'm hitting you with a lot of the value of John Edwin because there's a big announcement coming up. And you're going to be like, man, how can I get more John Edwin in my life? And we have <laughs> cracked the code on that, too. So right after my wife says hello, she always wants to say hello, John. She's going to say hello to our listeners right now. Yes, and then. Awesome and then how Elrod's going to say hello after she says hello. So up, everybody Pat? loves that guy. Good morning, baby. Yeah. So we'll be right back. Hi, this is Melanie McCallan. Josh and I are just so grateful for the many investors who have already joined us at Accountable Equity. Accountable Equity is so much more than a capital group. It's really a community of accredited investors that want to learn and grow together. I just want to personally invite you, if you want to find out more about this type of investment and see if it's right for you and your family, please visit us at accountableequity.com. Hey, it's Hal Elrod, author of The Miracle Morning, and you're listening to Capital Hacking. Enjoy. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Melanie McCallan. Josh and I are just so grateful for the many investors who have already joined us at Accountable Equity. Accountable Equity is so much more than a capital group. It's really a community of accredited investors that want to learn and grow together. I just want to personally invite you, if you want to find out more about this type of investment and see if it's right for you and your family, please visit us at accountableequity.com. Well, we're back, right? I mean, you just heard from two great people, Melanie and Hal. Hey, Hal. Hal Elrod. A good friend of John's, probably a better friend of John than me, but I do love the dude, the Miracle Morning guy. I'm sure you are pretty close with Hal because you're in the same organization with him, right? Yeah, he was also in Cutco, and Hal and I co-authored a book along with John Berghoff, John Rulin, and some other guys. What was it called? It's called Cutting Edge Sales. It came out in 2008, so that was quite a long time ago, 14 years ago, but it's an excellent 
little read. And the cool thing is there's, there was 13 authors to that book. And each one of us wrote a chapter specifically the chapter that I wrote, it was on goal setting. So if you get that book, you will read a chapter that I wrote on goal setting. So I'm going to put that in the show notes because it's called cutting edge sales. Yep. Cutting edge sales. Yep. Dropped in 2008. Hal Elrod and John Edwin on the same book. And the other guys you mentioned, I know, but I don't know if What's John's John Rulin? John Rulin wrote a book that's a bestseller called Giftology. Giftology. He's a mind. Shout out to Johnny. Great man. Changing the world, by the way. He's a hero book. of mine. I've been to one event where he was the keynote. It was a One Life event years ago in California. And ever since then, I've been like, someday I want to meet that dude. So I have not met him yet, but I, I love him from afar. I'll connect to you guys on text right now. Okay, here. Last thing we're going to say about all this. Cutco. You know, growing up, my father actually did Cutco in college, which was before my birth, of course. And we still have the Cutco. So I always grew up thinking, okay, he would talk about how it was good on him too. It was a good influence on him in the 70s. And then, you know, I get of age, I go and I respond to a street sign that says, come on in, college students make $25 an hour or something like that. And it's there. It's a session, Josh. (laughs) So I go right in. This is what, 25, 30 years ago. I'm like, wait a second, is this Cutco? Because it was like called vector marketing. And I didn't grasp what opportunity was being offered to me. This was in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. It was probably Earl Kelly who interviewed you. It probably was. And now ever since that, I've met you. I've met Hal. I've met, I've been to that John Rollins conference. I keep thinking some of the most influential people in my life right now were trained through Cutco. So if you're listening to this show and you're like, wow, Josh, what the hell are you talking about Cutco? I'm telling you guys, the training's great and the product's great. And it's it's a deep personal improvement training, isn't it, John? Here's what's cool. I, I don't know how we got on this topic, but... Because I love it. That's why. I love Cutco. So the set that's in my house right now in my kitchen is the same set that I had when I was 18 years old when I started selling. So that set is 25 years old. And we never, never even sent it away for sharpening up until a couple months ago. And this is how cool the product is, right? You don't need a receipt. You don't need an excuse. You don't need anything. You wrap these knives up. You send them back to Olean, New York, which is where they're manufactured. They charge you no money. Now, you do pay a hefty price up front, but the value is way higher than the price. They re-edged all my knives. The tip of the paring knife was broken, sent me a brand new one. All the knives came back within a week, and they're exactly as if they were brand new again. And okay. you, need you need no proof of purchase. Nothing. Send it there. They send it back. No questions asked. Okay, we're going to go down a rabbit hole for a minute. If because you want Cutco, contact me and I'll connect That's you. what I was going to say. First of all, public service announcement. Years ago, I had this show for years now, right? And I tell everybody all the time. I used to say, guys, I actually need knives. If somebody in my our community has got a family member selling Cutco, call me. I'm ready to buy. And then, of course, fast forward four years later, John's son just called me this summer. And I'm like, oh, John, you missed me by like eight months. I mean, Melanie and I, a daughter of a, of a family we loved, came to us. We're like, okay, we're going to buy the top package. And we killed ourselves to buy that top package. So I can't buy anymore. Oh, God. But anyway, why are we talking so much about Cutco? Because I, I hope I've, we've just broken a paradigm for you listeners. I mean, there's so much about Cutco that wasn't about the knives, even though the knives are great. It was like a whole thinking process that you guys went through about the idea of continuous improvement on yourself is what I think they poured into you. And now look what we get. We get a Hal Elrod with Miracle Morning. We get Giftology. We get John Edwin. Who's the other gentleman you and I love from Appreciative Inquiry? Johnny Berghoff. Johnny Berghoff. These are great educators, all from that. Anyway, enough cut go. 
but I want to tell you. Can I tell you a quick Johnny Berg? I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Okay. So for years, I ran a personal training business and gyms and other things like that. Mara is his wife. And Mara and I go way back. We were good friends. That's how John and I know each other. Mara called me and said, hey, can you work with my dad? His name's Gino Fausto. Can you work with my dad? I'm getting married on top of Half Dome. He needs to be able to hike this. Now, Half Dome is a huge mountain on the West Coast. And I said, okay, yeah, give me his number. I call him up. He doesn't exercise at all. He's actually not healthy. So he's the opposite of healthy. And I call Mara back. And I said, when does this need to be done? She's like, oh, in eight weeks. And I said, Mara, it ain't going to happen. I'm so sorry to tell you that, but I am not a miracle worker. <laughs> Listen, she broke down on the phone. She started crying. And she's like, I need my father to be there when I get married. And I'm thinking, well, why the hell did you pick half them? And the guy doesn't exercise, right? <laughs> so, Here's what's cool. So I get a hold of Gino. I go, Gino, we're on a mission. I start I rock packs. I started putting rocks in backpacks and having them hike around. And we're I'm finding largest staircases in Philadelphia. We're going up and down. He is willing to work his ass off, by the way. Shout out to Gino. That guy, he put the work in. Listen to every word I said, did everything I said. When they got to half them, he was the first one up. Woo! All right. So now for all the chitter chatter you and I just went through, this is our inaugural time together on the podcast. The first time the world has heard that you and I are getting together on the Capital Hacking Show. Let's go. So there you go. So John, by the way, we do need a sound effect machine. You and I have to find that. Okay. John, a couple months ago, I heard John, I heard you on the show of someone else. And I'm sitting there going, I love that guy. Now we live is near each other. Are we allowed to? What? Are we allowed oh, to say Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You heard me on Action Academy podcast, my man, Brian. Brian Lubin. Brian's tearing it up. Yeah, so we're on the, we're listening, and I'm doing interviews of people to be podcast co-hosts with us and to do, launch a few. We're launching a whole series of Capital Hacking subsidiary shows because it's just been so impactful for our lives, and I, I love what it does for other podcast hosts. So we put this network together, and I said, but I want to work with the best for our show because our show has gone on for years, really well ranked. And you just really sounded like the authentic person we needed. I know your story. You know, we're together almost once a month. We hang out. I just love you. And so I, I invited you on. You're like, yeah, it sounds great. Let's do it. And by the way, it was great. By the, because of the magic of audio release dates, we've already done some shows together. Yeah. Even though the listeners haven't heard them yet. Yeah, Josh, I honestly, I had no idea. You sent me a text after that show. You said, I heard the show. You did great. I have a proposal for you. And I, I had no idea what that was, actually. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Am I gonna, what, what do you want me to do here? Am I going to be a party pumper for uh, our winery or for the new LBI National that you're opening? Uh, but yeah, so you called me up and, and said, hey, would you do this? And I said, Josh, I've never hosted a podcast. I have no idea what that entails. I said, that is just not the lane I've ever been in. But I also have a personality that says, why the hell not? Like, let's go, let's do this. And so let's I'm so it. honored to now be a part of Capital Hacking and be a co-host with Josh McCallum. It's so exciting. We've only done about four, maybe three or four shows. We put you right in the, the fishbowl. You just went right for it last, last few days. So we're going to release them after this episode. But one other thing before we wrap up here, and I want to let you have the final word. You guys who are watching this on YouTube, wait till you see how the beautiful shirt that John is wearing, the Capital Hacking shirt. And John, since you and I are economizers of time, because we want to be working and with our families as well, 
Have you ever noticed what that logo means? This cool looking orange and black thing. Do you know what it is? Well, I know that the slogan is crack the wealth code, which we haven't talked much about business, but that was intentional for me because guys, successful men need to hear that they need to be great husbands. You need to be great fathers because that's the legacy. It is. That's more important than all this we're talking about. I agree. Successful businessmen, but that's what I want to get across to you, man. Yep. And the capital hacking logo, you're going to love this, John. There's no H in it. Does it look like there's an H in the middle? It does. Okay. So everybody who's looking at this podcast now and you see the logo off to the left of our heads or wherever you see it, or you see it on your iPhone, there's no H. And this is the coolest part of the logo. Basically, it's a three-dimensional cube you're looking at, and it's two C's that create an H. And those two C's are two forms of capital. Human creates the capital that is financial. And we really stress that, John. And so that's why family and the, the dignity of the person and respecting your own value and bringing that to the table, we call that the power of human capital. So you are a great role model. You went from a good idea, taking chances with Cutco, taking chances in physical therapy, which you still do as a hobby now. You're phenomenal at it. Now it's not your real primary business. Now your primary business is owning a lot of real estate, but you do that. And then you went on to build an entire portfolio of real estate for the last 20 years that has made you, you can live on your rental roles, right? You can live on your rental. We are financially free because of the real estate portfolio that we own. So that, that is amazing. And then I've also, through GoBundance, had the opportunity to invest with other men. So we've invested in other syndications. So that's really amazing. So now you have other guys that are super bright, just like Josh McCallan. I mean, he's probably the brightest, but (laughs) GoBundance men that are out there with their ideas and busting their butt. And you're a part owner, which is really exciting, but you don't have to do anything. So keep getting involved in passive income plays. Well, I mean, that's, that's a whole other point, but very good point. I mean, They're actually going to work for you too, by the way. Have you ever thought about that? If you buy into a syndication, someone's going to go and run a company for you. It's pretty cool. But baby, it's all about relationships. It is. And we're going to get into that every single week. Because if, if you notice, a lot of what you did, John, was you pivoted on mindsets. You know, you pivoted into, wait a second, if I'm going to be a physical trainer, I might as well own the gym. If I'm going to be owning a gym, I might as well own real estate. If I'm going to own real estate, I might as well own 30 of them. It's really powerful what you're pivoted in the way you develop your own mind and mindset. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Let's do that for the listeners, brother. Let's go. Let's go. And, and any final words today before we launch into your next episode next week as a host? Any final words? Just keep setting goals. Just make sure you also set time aside for your families and treat others better than you used to. You know, every day go out there and here's a great quote. Let's leave with this one. It's never a perfect day unless you've done something for someone who can never repay you. Wow. Thank you, John. We're going to love this new journey. We're going to kick some butt, Josh. Damn straight. We got (laughs) to the end of another great show. And everyone listening right now, you're the family. Family and friends, thanks for staying till the end. That was so fun. And hey, hit the like, hit subscribe. We're here to serve you guys. That's why we're doing this show. Josh is not paying me. I'm doing this off of my quote unquote sweat equity because we want to make a difference in your life. And then that ripple effect will continue to touch the world. Hey, amen, brother. Please check us out on capitalhacking.com, all the social media threads. And yes, I know you've probably already sent this episode to one of your best friends. Thank you. We love (laughs) you. Just go right into your iPhone, hit the plus symbol. We'll talk to you later. See you next week. Share, share, share.